It was a strange and dreadful strife when life and death contended. The victory remained with life. The reign of death was ended. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Our Lord journeyed toward the village of Nain, and we are told that traveling with him was his disciples as well as a large crowd, a procession of sorts, with our Lord leading the way. As they approached the city, what did they behold but a different kind of procession? This one led by a funeral bier, by a dead son of a grieving widow, and a great crowd along with her. So there is a parade of death and a parade of life, and the two are coming to -to face-to-face confrontation. Our Lord breaks the silence, having compassion upon the grieving woman. She, having walked that same path before, at the burial of her husband, now walks that path once more at the burial of her son, her future uncertain and unstable. And the Lord says to her, do not weep. Her weeping, her wailing coming from the pit of her own sorrow, of her own despair, Perhaps even that semi-idolatrous mourning that we experience when we are tempted to shake our fist at God and say, why did you take him? Why did you take her? Do not weep, our Lord says. And what he does next is reach out and touch the funeral bier, bringing the whole procession of death to a stop. He who is clean touches that which is unclean. He does not become unclean, but cleanses that which was unclean. Life incarnate meets death incarnate. And Jesus speaks, young man, I say to you, arise. And death, which held that young man in silence, gives way to the word of Jesus. Young man, I say to you, arise. And that young man sat up and immediately began to speak. As one might expect, the onlookers were astonished and filled with fear. They said, a great prophet this must be, one even greater than Elijah, perhaps even that capital P prophet of whom Moses prophesied, the Messiah, the Christ. Surely God has visited his people, others said was a strange and dreadful strife when life and death contended. The victory remained with life. The reign of death was ended. 
St. Paul says that he bows his knee to the Father, after whom all the families in heaven and on earth are named. Pater is the word for father, patria, the word for family. The potter makes under potters, the father makes under fathers for the good and blessing of their earthly families. It is an alien task that women and children would be asked to contend against death, and sometimes they must. But it is precisely the task that God the Father sets upon earthly fathers, earthly men. That's why in that famous Reformation hymn, A Mighty Fortress, were they to take our life, goods, fame, child, and spouse? No, 20th century be gone. Goods, fame, child, and wife. Though these all be gone, they yet have nothing won. The victory ours remaineth. But who is the they that would take life or goods or fame or child or wife? The they are the devils all the world to fill. Who would take life or goods or fame or child or wife either by force through the power of death or by deviousness, by lies, by sin, that we be abandoned or that what we have earned with our life's blood be stolen away from us. Even still, the victory remains with us because the victory over death and the victory over the devils have been given in Christ. The victory remains with life. No longer then do we belong to death or to loss. We belong to Christ who has purchased and won us from sin, as the catechism says, but also from death and from the power of the devil, not with gold or silver, but with his own precious and holy blood. We have been purchased so that now Christ is our master, not death. And that means that he has given us over the victory, he's given us the victory over death and over all loss. What does it mean to be faithful unto death? It doesn't mean to simply be faithful if your life is required of you. It means to be faithful in all things, willing to lose all things, even unto your own life, even unto death itself. It means to fear the loss of God more than you fear the loss of anything else. And thus, simultaneously, paradoxically, it is to become free. It is to reign with Christ when you value Christ more than the va- you value the loss 
of your reputation or the loss of your job, the loss of your money or the loss of your status, the loss of your wife or the loss of your children, the loss of your freedom should they imprison you, or the loss of your life should that be required of you. We don't belong to these things. We belong to Christ. If you are not prepared to lose everything, that can and will be used against you. It's very simple for the devils who all the world do fill to leverage you against faithfulness, to leverage you against Christ by the fear of what it is that you must lose. So to be utterly free in Christ, you must be free to lose everything but him. And thus, we glimpse then a beautiful aspect of Jesus raising the widow's son and giving him back to her. In due time, the Lord will give back to us all that which has been required to be sacrificed. But we ourselves, in order to be free, in order to be men, must be willing to lose it all for the sake of Christ. It was a strange and dreadful strife when life and death contended. These contended in Christ, life embodied over and against death embodied, but that battle continues on. He has given us the victory, but that doesn't mean that we don't still have to fight. We participate in that strange and dreadful strife, and we rejoice in Christ who is life and who conquers death. As Chrysostom liked to preach, death, when it tried to consume Jesus on the cross, death took a body but discovered God. God, death took that which was merely earthly in its sight and discovered heaven. Death took that which was seen and then discovered that which was unseen. Death tried to swallow up our Lord Jesus once and for all on the cross. And by his death, death was swallowed up forever. We sung that moments ago as well. Christ Jesus, God's own Son, came down, his people to deliver. Destroying sin, he took the crown from death's pale brow forever. Stripped of power, no more it reigns. An empty form alone remains. Its sting is lost forever. Alleluia. What is Luther getting at by telling us an empty form now remains? To die in Christ is not to die at all. As our Lord himself says, whoever lives and believes in me will never die. 
To pass through death is simply to pass through a portal, a gateway into everlasting life. To go into the grave, to go into the tomb, is simply to go into the tomb and grave of Jesus, which he has so utterly transformed that the tomb has now become a womb. He, the firstborn from the dead, and we to follow. So that in sum total, the Lord of life is indeed Lord of lords. And we join him in the lordliness of life as we conquer death through him who has given us the victory and as we live with him now and forever. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit.